Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm John. And we, again, have hockey to talk about. Thank God. <laughs> we had a good series, long trip. But it turned out in our favor. Yeah, long trip up there to Alaska. You know, I was listening to the webcast of those games. I think they said one of the nights it was 20 below in Alaska. And it's hard to believe in November. And I know it gets cold in Alaska, but it's hard to believe that already they're getting those uh, frigid sub-zero temperatures up there. But it didn't seem to uh, cool off the Mavericks. No, it certainly didn't. Uh, you never know how this is going to go. We'd already played Fairbanks back in October as part of our 10-game home stretch to start the season. And you assume that as a team, you're going to keep the momentum going. You're going to continue to do well. You swept them before. But like we talked about last week, you just don't know in these series, especially when you're going to Alaska, a place where over the years when we were their travel partner in the CCHA, we struggled a bit. And it's just, it's a weird schedule. I, I don't know about you, but being up watching those games, I was exhausted. And, and I stay up late most of the time. And I was like, God, I just, I just want this game to end so I can go to bed because I'm, I'm trying to pay attention to it so we can talk about it here on the podcast. And I got to tell you, I faded several times. It was hard to, it was hard to keep awake. I tried looking at Twitter, doing everything else. But the first night, UNO uh, got off to kind of a kind of a slow start, Jason. When you look at the scoring early on, obviously Tyler Weiss got things started off right. We've been impressed with him the last couple of weeks. This was our second series in a row on an Olympic-sized sheet. Uh, so it was probably beneficial to have the series at St. Cloud uh, before we went to Alaska. But after the second period, it was two to one Alaska. Yeah. And I, you know, I remember like you, you know, it's always difficult when they start later in the, in the evening. Like I remember we ended at the end of the first period going, is this over yet? Why are we third? No, it's still the first. I'm so confused, <laughs> but I made it through. And I had said in the last podcast, right? Like my concern was, you know, we should beat them. My concern was that Friday game. With you, you know, I think there's some benefit that we just played on Olympic sheets and, and Seville wasn't in net. You know, Roden played well in that last game in St. Cloud. And, you know, I think it seems to suit him playing on the larger ice. You know, he played well both games. So I was worried. I, I was really worried after the second because and more than anything, then, like it sounded like Alaska kind of really had some control, drove the play. They were kind of controlling what was happening in the second period. But that third period turned out to be a really good period for the Mavericks. And freshman Cameron Berg, who's been hot lately, uh, gets a power play goal, uh, 432 into the third to tie the game up. And really, it was all UNO from there. I wish I could have seen them. They sounded good. Let's say that. So. <laughs> yes, we will. We will talk about this later. But I asked Jason if he was watching the game and he's like, no, I'm listening. And I'm like, dude, we need to increase the production budget of this podcast. <laughs> but we'll talk about this more in our shootout segment. So we'll leave it for that. So Jason was going old school like we did in the early days of UNO hockey. Jason was listening on the radio. And since I'm the only one who saw it, I can say they just they looked they looked fantastic, Jason's. <laughs> Were you confident then going into Saturday? I felt good. And you, 
but you never know with these things. And certainly going into Saturday, Cameron Berg, who uh, capped off the scoring on Friday night with a goal, uh, gets us on the board early on. And it was a great period for UNO that first period. Three goals, two of them on the power play. It's such a good third period on Friday. To see yep. them carry that over, capitalize on the long power play on that major. We've talked about it before. We've, we've all kind of seen it. Like teams, a lot of teams, even good teams, like they struggle sometimes with those longer power plays. It's nice that they had some urgency that they came out and they said, you know, we've got an opportunity. We're going to take advantage of it. And it was right. great to get out of the first period up three to nothing. I felt good at that point. It did nothing to help my fatigue level in the evening. I'm like, well, we got this. We're up three to nothing. We're in the bag. We're done. Yeah. Just, just keep the clock, keep the clock rolling, so we can we can move on to uh, Thanksgiving. But yeah, I you I would say this: Alaska showed some signs of life in the second. They get a goal early on in the second, and at that point, it's three to one. I'm still not worried. I know people say that the two goal lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey, but as far as I'm concerned, it's not. I love having a two goal lead or a three goal lead. I don't know if the three goal lead is the second most dangerous lead in college hockey. Any, any lead is, I don't care if it's a dangerous lead or not, any lead's better than trailing. So it gave, it gave them a, a little bit of hope going into the third period. Uh, Brock Bremer gets a power play goal at 312 in the third period. And at that point, four to one, I was feeling pretty good. But at about the midpoint of the third period, Alaska gets an, another goal. It's four to two at that point. We got out of there with a four to two win. I'm happy. I don't know what your impression was from listening on the radio, but I've had to carry this, you know, the, the visuals of this discussion. <laughs> and I'm no help. I, I you know, we know this won't work against an NCHC opponent. Like, I, I don't think that it's any um, mystery to the guys and stuff. They know just as well as we know. You start playing Denver and North Dakota and Duluth, you know, or go back and play St. Cloud again and stuff. Even playing Cairo College in Miami, this kind of effort, this kind of play, you've got to finish things off. You've got to be a little bit more sharp. So, you know, hopefully a little bit of a break, you know, get a holiday in there and get back to work. Hopefully get some of those injured guys back in the lineup, uh, especially Isaiah Seville. Since you've had to carry most of the load, I'm going to make you carry a little bit more. And I don't know. I'm not confident the the pick that I pick is necessarily the easy one. So we'll see what you think since you got to actually watch it. I'm going to pick Cameron Berg, the NCHC Rookie of the Week. Three points, three goals, like just, you know, we've, we talked about him coming in. We need him to be a force. A lot of times you, you talk about like, and this is kind of the crazy thing about like North Dakota and, and Denver have been known for this for, for a long time, right? Like they'll have a really good year and then they'll have a really bad year. And people will be like, well, why are we so bad this year? And it's like those kinds of teams would draw in players that had short lifespans. You know, they were high draft picks. They're not going to stick around in college for four years. You know, UNO is the kind of club that we have to look at guys that are going to be here for a while. We're going to grow with the program and commit to the program. So you're always looking at like, who's the next guy? You know, when, when Gensel left and Ortega left and Pope left and you started looking at like, who's the next guy, right? Like what's the next one in the pipeline? Um, and I think we're really looking to Cameron Berg to be that guy. We're really looking for, you know, for him to have a, a good solid season this year that he can build upon and have a better season next year and, and kind of be the go-to guy in the future. And um, 
you know, it's nice to kind of see him produce. I think he really found some legs and I really hope that, you know, the effort that he put in and the work that he put in against Alaska this weekend uh, will show up uh, when we play Denver, when we play North Dakota and stuff, and, and he'll be just as productive and just as effective for us then. He is uh, number two on the team in goals, and he's number six on the team in overall points. So he's doing well early on. And the reason I had those stats was because I was going to pick him. <laughs> but since this has just been the most difficult uh, series discussion segment that we've had so far, I'm going to go with my uh, second choice, which was Ty Mueller, who had another impressive weekend. And he had two goals on the weekend. The commentator on the uh UAF uh, webcast kept referring to him as Tyler Mueller. I found out on Twitter that his name is just Ty Mueller. It's not Tyler. So as somebody who's named John, I understand that my name is not short for Jonathan. It's John. So it was, it was, it was one of a series of just like baffling names on the weekend. So yes, I would have picked Cameron Berg if Jason hadn't jumped in there. So I'm just glad that we're done talking about the Alaska series. I'm sure that the players are glad that they don't have to play Alaska anymore in this year. Moving on to our shootout segments. So the webcast, which Jason did not buy, which I found, Bridget offered to Venmo him some money because we're doing a podcast here. And uh, I'm sure Jason would like to tell us why he wasn't watching the games. The games for Alaska Fairbanks were on Flow Sports. And that relationship Originally developed when they were in the WCHA, they are currently a team without a a conference. Every conference has kind of dumped the Alaska teams. And so if you want to sign up for Flow Sports, you can sign up for a year, which would be $12.50 a month, but you have to commit to a year. And I believe, don't quote me on this, I believe you have to actually prepay for a year to get that $12.50 a month. you do. Mm -hmm. So... The other option is to pay for a month. Well, it's $30 to pay for a month. And if you're just watching two games, that's a lot for a lot of people. Now, I was fine with, I'm, I'm fine because I like to watch all the games, even if I have to pay the $30. Now you get a month of flow sports, which means you get the other hockey games and the other sports that are on flow sports. Not that I would necessarily watch any of those. I might actually watch some of the WCHA games because I'm interested in those teams too. But for most people who are just interested in the UNO games, that is a hefty price to pay. And I saw a number of people on Twitter who actually didn't subscribe to it. Number one, because of the cost. And number two, because the games were so late at night, they just weren't sure that they wanted to stay up and watch them. So Jason decided not to watch the game. So I'm going to have to scold him for the rest of the segment. But yes, go ahead, Jason. That or we put the donate link out there. So then, I don't know. We're going to start a GoFundMe so Jason can watch. GoFundMe so that I don't, I, you know, there's, it's a principal thing. Like, here's the thing. Like, I'll, I'll give you the whole rundown. I know this is supposed to be brevity and all that stuff, and okay. I'm but still, like, okay. the problems that I had. So first off was that I couldn't, I couldn't exactly remember what the name of the, you know, Flow Sports was, right? Like, I knew it was something, and I was trying to come up with that. I couldn't come up with it. My first thought was, oh, easy thing. I'll just go to Alaska's website. I'll go to their thing. I'll click on the view thing, and they'll take me over to whatever the name of the stupid thing is, and I'll just buy it from there, right? So I clicked on the link and it went to the pay site for Flow Sports and it said that it was $40 a month. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like every time I look at this thing, it goes higher and higher and higher. And for 40 bucks, like that's like almost half a year of my ESPN 
and I get everything that's on ESPN. And then I'm reading more in like the terms and conditions. And it says that, that most broadcasts are not on replay. And I'm thinking, well, this thing's like you said, it's late at night. If I fall asleep, I'm going to want to go back and watch it. And at least as, as many problems as I have with NCHC sports, because their app sucks and I always have problems with it, at least I can go back and watch it, even if it didn't broadcast live a lot of times when I can't watch a game because their app's broken or whatever. I don't trust this thing. I don't know who they are. It's $40 for me now instead of 30 because that's whatever link they had on their website. I can't watch it later. I'm just going like, I just don't feel like the price is comparable to, to what I get out of it. Like, you know, I, I, I bit the bullet and I bought ESPN because it's got all the NHL games. It's got some college hockey games. It's got National Women's Hockey League games. Um, and then the whole, you know, like 30 for 30 things and, and some of their special stuff that I can kind of watch. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I can get after that, right? And the people watching and listening out there can understand now why. <laughs> I, did, I wanted to take the week off from doing this podcast. Ugh, okay, I need a break and we'll be getting a break. So it'll be good. But you mentioned ESPN Plus, and I've been a subscriber to that longer than you have. $6.99 per month or $69.99 for a year. And the one thing that I'll say about ESPN Plus, number one is if you like college hockey, they have all of the ECAC games, which those are the Ivy League teams that people are familiar with. But it's also got teams like Quinnipiac in there. And uh, it's fun to watch those webcasts um, and UNO's got a series coming up against uh, St. Lawrence, which is in the ECAC uh, right around the first of the year. So you will be able to watch that on ESPN+. In addition, some of the other games, like some of UNO's uh, Summit League basketball games, for example, will be on uh, ESPN+. And like you mentioned, I love the 30 for 30 documentaries. And now... This year, now that ESPN has the NHL contract, there are a lot of NHL games on there, and it's great to watch. You can pick either of the two broadcasts that are going on. So, you know, for example, if the Bruins are playing the Predators, you can watch the Bruins broadcast or you can watch the Predators broadcast. It gives you a choice. It's terrific, and the video quality is terrific. I would just love it, honestly, if if they had one, like if there was one. I don't care. Make it flow sports, right? Like, at least if you said, here's Flow Sports and here's every college hockey game, regardless of conference, every college hockey game is on this thing. At their current price, at, you know, what did you say? It was like 140 bucks a year or something if you buy the whole year? Uh, yeah, I think, it, I think it worked out off the top of my head to 12 I mean, per month. I would see value in that because I watch a lot of college. I, I like watching college hockey. And that was my big thing is like, I just... I can't do it for two games and that's it. And I don't think you'll ever get it because Big Ten gets so much revenue off of Big Ten Network and they're never going to go. I, I just don't see them ever going away from that. So college hockey is always going to be on Big Ten. I'm just that's happy that we only have one more non-conference series so that right. I don't deal with Jason not watching it again in the future. And it's on ESPN Plus, so you don't have to worry about that because I will be able to watch it. Thank God you have ESPN Plus so you can watch it because I don't want to go through another game segment like that again. <laughs> topic number two is our marketing idea. I will start off. My marketing idea is that I would love to have a points program for UNO hockey fans. 
uh, a points card where they could earn points when they did things like buy concessions at the game or buy merchandise from the Lawler stand at the games, consecutive years of having season tickets. I would love for them to have a card and then those points could be used potentially on concessions or for uh, apparel or tickets to other UNO sporting events, even just a lot of different things like that. I think that that would be a fun thing to do. I know that they kind of have priority points uh, when you make donations to the one fund. Uh, and certainly you could include donations to the one fund in the point system. But I think it'd be great if you could earn points like for consecutive years as a season ticket holder. You know, those are the kind of points you could use for fun merchandise, concessions, etc. I know from the, you know, the, the point of purchase at the arena it probably would add work and hassle and technological issues and everything else. But I think it would be really cool if they did that. They've got that changed concessions where you can scan a QR code and order order online pick up at the stand right so yep. you would think that in this day and age it wouldn't be that difficult to kind of start figuring out the metrics of some sort of reward points i mean it's not like it's a new technology you know like starbucks has had it for forever everyone has their you know reward point systems member point systems and i use it for a lot of things where i'm like i buy from this place on a regular basis so i will sign up for their rewards programs because i'm gonna buy this stuff anyways yeah. So I might as well get some value out of it. I think that's a good idea. I think that's something that they could do probably easier than maybe they think they could do it because yeah. you know, there's plenty of places out there that can help them with it. Yep. No, I, I would love to see a loyalty program like that. And I just think it would uh, incentivize people to buy more concessions, to buy more merchandise, to buy tickets. So, yeah. So my idea doesn't really relate to that at all so i'm trying to think of a good way to transition but there is none because it doesn't relate to that all right so i was watching a vancouver game uh this past week and in the game they had the the green men there's there's a couple guys i don't know if it, i assume it's the same guys i don't know but they wear these all green suits and they sit right next to the penalty box and they they annoy the the players when they go to the penalty box and stuff and they, you know they get on the jumbotron and it's really kind of cool and it it goes to what we've talked about before about creating an atmosphere that is family friendly but still enjoyable right and i think of college hockey and the things that have always in my life have always kind of drawn me towards the sport and it's that student commitment to the game like we've gone to nebraska football games and they've got the student section right and it's packed because everyone wants to go, right? And then I, I go to a game at ours and I look down there, I'm like, it's even an NCHC foe and it's like half full of people. We've got to do, I think the university has to do a better job of getting students connected to the team, involved in the team. You know, their tickets are free anyways. When I was in college, our football stadium was a good distance away from campus. And I remember that for years they had a problem with the with it and the student run organization on campus had decided well what we're going to do is we're going to rent one of the public transit buses and the university is going to pay to deck out the bus in Colorado state that's where it went in in csu logo stuff and sports stuff and you know they wrapped the bus every year and it's something new every year and that was the bus that went non-stop from campus to the stadium right I think it'd be kind of cool. It doesn't have to be very big, right? Like, but to have like a show up at this parking lot on Dodge, you know, it'll stop in the, the village down there once, pick up kids that are there, even though, you know, you can walk across the street. It's just sometimes it's fun to be on the bus, right? It's part of us, right? 
and make a couple of trips or something, but, but have that UNO bus that is the one that goes like to the game or something or parking at Baxter is so nice. I don't think they need to do this, but it would be fun to see like, like have that bus started crossroads, right? So you can park at crossroads where the mall used to be and, um, you know, jump on the, the party bus and, and kind of ride your way down. I think those kinds of things that encourage people that the the atmosphere of hockey, what it, the game is, isn't just what's in the arena and the fun starts before that, I think would be helpful in getting people into the arena and, and packing that place out and making it a loud and fun environment. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that it would be it would be kind of fun almost to have more of those like pregame tailgate type of things. And obviously, because it's a winter sport, you can't really do them outside. And there aren't any facilities at this point south of Center Street where Baxter Arena is where they could have those kind of events. But it would be fun to almost have those pregame type pep rallies and then everybody jumps on a bus or shuttle bus or a tram or something else that they might have that was really organized for that. Student involvement is one of those things that I think they need to keep working on. I know they have some new folks in charge of that now. And one of the things that I missed is the the banner that they pull up for Unleash the Fury. It hasn't been there every game. So I'd like to see that more consistently happen. And I don't know if that falls on the students or who that falls on, but that's awesome when they pull that up right before the third period. So, but I think that's a great idea, Jason. Anything you can do to get students there because students will show up for like the homecoming game and some of the other promotional nights, but it'd be nice to have them there consistently because there's a lot of students at Epono and we'd love to have more of them at the game because it really adds to the atmosphere. They are, they are a key piece. And if there's any students out there that are listening, like, I would rather see more students there than you know the rest of the arena build. Like I really feel like the energy kind of just builds from there. Yep. Um, and I would just love to see more of them in the game. I really would. I completely agree. So moving on to our next series, we have a little bit of a break, but December 3rd and 4th, we get Colorado College at home. Colorado College has had its struggles this season, but it's an NCHC foe. So you never know what's going to happen. As we saw with Miami, they are 0-3-1 in the NCHC this season, 2-7-3 overall. I will note that there's a former Mav on the roster, Noah Prokop transferred there. What do you think about this series, Jason, going in? I think it has a lot of interesting dynamics. I think Tyra College coming in. They're looking at, like you mentioned, the games that they lost, and they're saying, we are supposed to lose those games, right? Like, it's, it's the top two teams. A lot of people expected the top two teams in the conference. And, you know, I think they're going to look to this series to say, if we want to not be a bottom dweller, this is our chance. Like, this is our chance to beat a ranked team to prove that we're talented. I expect their best effort, you know, and hopefully that helps us because UNO has had some problems against teams that we should beat. And yet somehow, you know, we don't. I don't think the Cairo College has the firepower that they've had in the past. Uh, their identity is a little bit more defensive. It's getting to be a little bit more physical. But, you know, they're riding high in the season. They've got a new arena. There's a lot of things that are going well for Cairo College. I expect them to come in and give us a, a good challenge that weekend. Yeah, I think so as well. And, and I hope we're up for the challenge. You know, we got to be careful about not looking past Colorado College because the week after we're at Western Michigan and Western has been really hot. So we've got to we've got to focus at the task at hand. I'm actually going to pick a split 
this coming weekend against Colorado College. I'm going to say we lose Friday and win Saturday. You know, I'm going to say that we finally get over the hump and we sweep them because we should sweep them and we're supposed to sweep them. And I think that the team knows from past years, you can't give back points to NCHC teams now. And I think it helps that it's not Friday, Saturday after Thanksgiving. I think it gives us a chance to get healthy. I think we're going to come into that game healthier than, than you might think. I like that prediction. I'm looking forward to uh, to enjoying that last series at Baxter Arena for 2021. Absolutely. It'll be a good series. We hope everybody enjoys Thanksgiving weekend. And until next time, go Mavs. Happy Thanksgiving. Go Mavs.